So once we have concluded that our grandchildren are good inside and we need to interact with them differently, what happens Monday through Friday when they go to school? That is a question I asked a veteran preschool teacher, and she had some very interesting observations. From what she says and what we've observed, let's just say it's a different world for teachers these days. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we hear from Chrissy Cox, a preschool teacher in the Midwest who gives us some insights into how children behave day to day at school and how things have changed. If you're enjoying our podcast, please don't forget to rate or review and share our link with friends and family. You can also join our Facebook page, The Grand Life, or even better, join our smaller community of listeners on The Grand Life podcast fans page in Facebook. Now, for our conversation with preschool teacher Chrissy Cox. Hi, Chrissy. It's so good to talk with you. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You know, I worked at the elementary school where you work now, and I saw firsthand what a great teacher you are. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been teaching and in what capacity? Okay, sure. Um, I am the mom of three. I have a almost 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a four-year-old. Um, and I have been in the early education world for over 20 years um, in some capacity, uh, whether that be a private childcare or now in a public preschool setting. Well, I remember when your youngest was born. So that's crazy <laughs> that she's already four. She is. <laughs> Time really flies. And in fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, so you've seen a lot of trends. You've been in preschool or working with children for a long time now. And I'm wondering if you might share with us the trends you're seeing in child development with your preschoolers these days. What, what things are changing in your opinion? I've seen a lot of change over the past several years, um, but none so dramatic as I've seen this year. Mm. Um, this school year has been very, very different in the sense of um, just social, emotional readiness, school readiness, uh, um, things like following directions, taking direction from adults, mm -hmm. um, you know, just the ability to focus and stay on task, um, or even the, I guess, the need to see to do so in mm. school. Um, you know, like I said, we've seen a trend over the past several years where things have started to change, but this year it's glaringly different. Wow. So let me think about this. How old are the children you're dealing with right now? They're three to five right now. Okay, so they are COVID baby. I mean, were they COVID babies? They yes. So my daughter's in that age group. Mm -hmm. um, and when we went into lockdown, she was 18 months. Okay. So yes, right in that the middle of that. Hmm. Do you think that has anything to do with it? You know, we talk about this often, and I do think it has some effect. I do think that parents were trying to figure out how to work from home and parent their children at home and, and things like that. But I also think a bigger, I guess, cause is just society in general. Hmm. You know, the access to screens and social media and just the lack of conversation and engagement that parents have with their children now compared to, you know, even 10, 
15, 20 years ago is very different. So were you seeing some of this before uh, 2020? Sure. Yes. I mean, there was definitely a a change, but I, it, maybe it's the combination of both COVID and, you know, just a societal change. But yes, this year has definitely been a struggle. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. And I'm sorry for that. You know, in some ways, even with my own grandchildren who are preschoolers, they seem to be smarter than they were before. Like they, they seem to have skills that I'm like, wow. And, and I'll say, yes. how do they know that? How do they know um, their numbers so well? And it's like, well, they watch number blocks on TV or, you know, whatever, wherever they're getting it. But maybe not as skilled socially. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, I would totally agree. Or are they smarter? I mean, I, I don't know. To an extent, yes. I think the the rote memorization and the um, ability to transfer knowledge such as that is has increased. But the ability to do things like one to one correspondence when they're counting, you know, slowing down and putting a number to each object or things that they would have to experience in real life has definitely shifted. So I think when you look at it and you, you know, they're relaying to you letters, numbers, shapes, colors, sure, they could have learned that from a show, but they don't have necessarily real world application for those skills. Hmm. Yeah. What about behaviorally? Like, what are you seeing behaviorally different than what you saw several years ago? So it's, I'm not sure if it's a lack of consequences that have come or, um, I, I can't put my finger on it, but things such as um, my first couple of weeks of school, I actually had to write a letter to my parents this year and say, I need your help. Mm. Um, this is the first year I've ever had to do this because I had students who would come in and just break things in the classroom with no remorse, no you know, concern for what's going to happen next. And having conversations with them, a lot of them would say, it's fine, just buy a new one. Oh, um, so having those conversations with parents of, I'm, you know, I can't go buy new ones. And when I sent that letter to parents, a lot of them said, can I replace things for you? Um, so getting more to that root cause behaviorally of, mm-hmm. you know, we take care of our things. We, there are consequences if we don't take care of them. Um, and on the other side of it, following directions, I've found this year specifically that children just don't listen when I give direction. There is no real um, engagement or they don't feel like there is a consequence for not listening. So while I don't think it's necessarily defiance, it's just lack of listening to me when I'm talking. And I've had this conversation with a lot of teachers in the hallway that I work in because they're seeing a lot of the same trends. I wondered if you're familiar with the whole concept and the philosophy of gentle parenting. Have you heard about that? I have, yes. Okay, so this new trend in gentle parenting spends a lot of effort on treating the internal thinking of a child, like what's going on inside of them, and not so much on external behavior like you're talking about. And that mm-hmm. takes a lot of time and effort. I mean, I watch my own children parenting my grandchildren, and they spend a lot of time and effort with them. Um, 
trying to figure out what the child's feeling, what kind of fear they have, what kind of emotions they're feeling. But, you know, instead of just the authoritatively disciplining like my generation, which is like there's a consequence and it's immediate. Um, but I wonder right. when you're working with preschoolers, how do you have the time to address each child individually? You can't like hold their hands to have them look in your eyes, talk to them and, and you know, like have a little conversation when you've got all these other children to deal with. Right. So I do think it's important to talk to each child and talk through the behaviors and the consequences and have them understand why, why there's a consequence and why it's unacceptable, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever the behavior may be. Um, However, I do think that it's difficult when parents are parenting that way and then they come to my classroom and I I have 21 students. So I, I can't take all of that time to reason through and have a conversation with them about, you know, specifically getting to the root cause, especially because I don't think they always understand. I do think there sometimes is an, an impulsivity to behaviors and it's our job to teach them, you know, there are consequences to that impulsivity or there are ramifications that come from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily how they feel because they didn't do it out of a feeling sometimes. Mm, interesting. You know, I've heard parents say that they think their children do better at school than at home. They're like, well, when I send them to school, they're much better. And when they're at home, they're they're crazy and they're all over the place. But, you know, do, what do you think about that? Do you think they, you think, are you seeing that? I do think the majority of students are better at school. I think there is a, a respect Um you know, they do understand that they're not my mom and dad. We don't live with them 24-7. We don't mm-hmm. see their ins and outs. And I also think that they kind of, for lack of better terms, keep it together uh, while they're with us and then have that let down when they get home of this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not all children, but I think those children who do have the respect and the understanding that school is a place that I go to learn and follow directions. Interesting. I, I I wondered if that's always been the case. Like children tend to respect teachers in a way that they don't necessarily respect their parents. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. That's, that's fascinating. Even, I mean, even going back, I think I remember, you know, my teachers made me nervous. Sometimes I was like, oh, there's such an authority. And even when kids get to be in like junior high and high school, I, I remember saying to my mom, well, Mrs. Brown says this, so it has to be true. You know, I believed right? <laughs> whatever the teacher told me. <laughs> so th- there is that. So there's that interesting um, component. It is interesting also to say that you're seeing in children they're not even listening to you, which is a sign of respect that they would listen. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. And like I said, I don't think it's a defiant not listening. Mm-hmm. It's just a a lack of engagement or a situation where maybe they've never had to listen to an adult giving directions or mm-hmm. follow through with that. Maybe it's been a situation where an adult has given directions and they don't immediately respond. So the adult just goes and does for them, mm-hmm. um, which can also be detrimental. Yeah. And and when you were talking about social media, 
I mean, we're all guilty of this. We're all kind of in our phone or we're all doing something and we're not paying attention to what somebody's saying to us. And I have, I've seen this with my own grandchildren where I'm trying to talk to them about something and they're engaged in something on social media. They're at a tablet or something and they just ignore because they're just uh-huh. like, and, and like you said, it's not that they're bad. It's that they're engaged and focused on something else and they don't, uh-huh. they don't listen because they don't think that's that, I don't know. Do they think that's not that important or because the tablet's so much more engaging? I think that the moving parts on the screen are just so much more engaging. Yeah. I saw that you wrote that on a Facebook post about the social media thing, and it is a concern, I imagine. Um, When you're working with preschoolers, are they involved on a tablet or device when they're at preschool? Very minimally. Um, We use them for education purposes. I do have a classroom set of iPads. Um, I would say maybe two to three times a week for maybe five minutes each time. Um, And it's just a matter of because it is so relevant in higher grades, I want them to have exposure to be able to navigate the educational platforms that we're using in our district. Um, It is not a free-for-all. It's not we play games every day for 10 minutes or or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely a an educational tool in our classroom. Yeah, I wonder in general if teachers are pushing back on using devices and stuff in their classrooms. I don't know because I'm I'm not there anymore, but like as they even as they get older trying to push back and say we don't really want them to spend that much time on it. Right, and I think we are seeing as educators more deficits coming from being on, in front of a screen and like I said the the social emotional and the interaction um, and it, even like you had pointed out, the respect piece of being able to respond to an adult when they speak to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do see less and less use of iPads in the school that I'm in. Oh, that's good. And, uh, of course, listening skills is, is something I guess you could teach. You could just keep teaching, right? That's a, That could be part of the curriculum. Yeah. I, yes. work, I work with adults who learn in a business context and we're teaching listening skills to adults. So I don't think that ever ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I know you have at least one grandparent who works in the classroom with you. And do you ever hear from other grandparents about how they feel about the new ways of parenting, this whole idea of, you know, no, not very many consequences, sometimes even unparenting where they just kind of let the kids rule the roost? I mean, I don't know how much time you have to talk with grandparents, but you must see some once in a while. They almost relay a lack of understanding, you know, like, I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Um, When I raised them, we did X, Y, and Z, and they're just not doing that now. And and I see that difference in their children, or I disagree with the way that they responded to a certain situation. Um, I do see some frustration from them in the understanding, but I also, on the flip side, have seen some more, oh, I I get it. I see that. I understand why they did that, Um, but not nearly as often as the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy as a grandparent, I think, to be judgy about it, you know, because, you know, we're looking back and we're like, oh, it worked fine for us. You know, it's the whole idea of the way grandparents say about everything. Well, you know, yeah, we didn't have car seats and the kids are still alive, you know, that kind of thing. Right. (laughs) And you don't want to be that kind of grandparent. But at the same time, you know, you see 
that there may be consequences that are pretty long-term for some of the things that are happening with your grandchildren, and so you kind of do get concerned about it. And it sounds like what you were saying earlier is that some of the parents don't really see the big deal. They're like, well, we'll just replace something or we'll just whatever. Yes. That must be frustrating. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You know, things like we'll just replace it or, well, what happened that made my child react that way? Or who (laughs) did something to get them, you know, to evoke that behavior from them um, where it may have been they actually instigated a consequence that naturally came back to them. That's interesting. I think the victim mentality is yeah. is probably uh, not a great trend. So in this whole thing, Chrissy, I mean, how do you keep hope alive? I mean, when you have a hard year like this, and how do you feel good about the future of preschoolers and beyond if, if this is what's going <laughs> on? I mean, are you finding yourself hopeless or what do you do? How do you talk yourself uh, there up? Were, there were definitely dark days. <laughs> <laughs> There were definitely days where I said, you know, why am I doing this? What can I do to make a change moving forward? And there were days that I said, do I really want to do this anymore? I think it's come down to more of a parent education piece for me and just taking those parents who who say, you know, how can I replace this? Or what can I do to fix this immediately? Mm -hmm. And educating them and saying, it's not about the things. I don't want you to replace the items. Mm -hmm. I want you to have a conversation with your child about why it's disrespectful or why it's not okay for them to act this way in the classroom. And I want you to follow up at home too. You know, we can only do best for children when we're on the same page. So, And they know we're on the same page. Mm. Um, so making sure that things that are happening at school are also happening at home and vice versa. That's really been the biggest piece. And then there is a mind shift that I've had to make about it is a different time. It mm-hmm. is a different uh, societal situation where kids do have access to screens more often. And it is sometimes a babysitter when parents have to work from home or are busy. And whether I agree or disagree, that's what it is. And I have to then change my education, the the education that's happening in my classroom to be that kind of guiding factor. So Hmm. it's been a mind shift for me. Chrissy, do you have any a particular suggestion or direction for grandparents, things that you'd like to see them do or be able to do or try to do or not do? So I have to kind of defer back to my childhood and the things I remember um, being with my grandparents. And it was just the um, real world experiences. When your grandchildren are with you, having them cook or bake with you, having them, um, you know, I remember hanging clothes out on the line to dry with my grandmother and the conversation we would have during that, um, you know, grocery shopping with her. So I think it just comes back to when they're with you, 
the things that they will remember are the time spent and the the things that you taught them or the things that you said you know take the screens away while they're with you because I do think a lot of grandparents didn't have that growing up and didn't have that with their own children so do what you know and you know really spend that quality time talking with and doing things with those children Oh, I love that. That's that's really great. And and you're right. We have that to offer because we definitely weren't we didn't bring our own children up with that. So, I mean, we didn't even have television with our kids. <laughs> so, we were really <laughs> <Right>. backwards <laughs> for a long time. That was a choice. That, that was a choice, but That, that wasn't because they hadn't invented it yet. <laughs> we're not that old. <laughs> no, that's so true. You know, I what you're saying about parents uh, you know, needing you need parents to have your back, which is so interesting because I think teachers have always had the backs of parents. But it's sounding like that you're going to need that as uh, going forward because that's not necessarily the way it is now. And uh, I hope right. you get that. I really do hope you get that. And and good luck on the rest of your year because I know it can get really long in the tooth when you've been together with these kiddos. But hopefully. Your wonderful influence and your, the people who help you are really going to make a difference in these kids' lives. So thanks so much Thank for joining you. us, Chrissy. It was great to talk with you, and I think it helps grandparents just, you know, like you said, do what they do best. I think what stood out to me in our conversation with Chrissy is that maybe there are a lot of parents who are overwhelmed and are having a hard time actually implementing the kind of parenting that Dr. Becky recommends. I guess that's how I justify being a big fan of Dr. Becky's, but at the same time recognizing that gentle parenting when you're a tired parent can kind of turn into unparenting. Yeah, no, I don't think that being gentle means just, you know, putting your child in front of a screen when you're trying to get some work done. Yeah. Well, you know, like Chrissy said, it's not like we can go backwards in our society and get rid of all of the no. media. But Dr. Becky doesn't suggest that either. She doesn't want us to go backwards. But I think what she's looking for is the intentionality, the one-on-one -on -one and the assumption that each child is doing their best. That's really key. You know, treating them with respect, but also expecting them to respect you and other adults. Well, it's not like that's easy, right? No. It takes a ton of work, and it is kind of exhausting. Yeah. It, when I watch our children, I think, wow, that <laughs> looks really tiring to me, the way that they've decided to do it. But I still think, I still think I'm a fan of it. You know, we don't have a lot of support in place for parents, and community is sometimes lacking. That's another thing. So, like... If you have no one to help you with your kids, grandparents, aunts, uncles, whatever, um, you know, that's hard. And everyone is working and very, very busy. Or distant. It's just not right, possible. or distant. When Chrissy's was talking about how parents just want to throw money, like they just want to pay for something. They don't want to deal with the consequences and the responsibilities. They're just like, what can we do to replace that? Well, throwing money is not an answer. It's, I mean, it seldom is, but it isn't an answer here. That's for sure. Kids need to figure out that they have this part to play in their own behavior and that and they need to get the fact that there are consequences. They need right. they need to be taught these things. Right. And that's all part of how we have to teach children, but that's not really our job. And we can't do that as grandparents, but 
like Chrissy reminds us, we can contribute by giving of ourselves as much as possible and ensuring our grants that they are loved and believed and have value beyond how they behave. So tell me, grandparents, are you up for the challenge? Let us know what you are discovering along the way about this really important issue. And you can contact us by telephone, calling us at 317-572-7876. Or you can write to us at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you. And in the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life... I think it's easy to overbuy for our grands, especially during the holidays, but how does that benefit anyone, really? And how do your adult children feel about it when you do? That's next time on The Grand Life.